0: So are you guys ready? Yeah. We are, ready
1: for what exactly?
0: We're gonna be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League.
2: Yeah. And the
0: that epic four hour and two minute movie. Um, are you guys up to the task? Yeah. Was it I don't good? see why not.
2: Was it good? Was it bad?
0: Was it
1: only you even can answer that question. Necessary?
2: Was it yeah, and what came Uh-oh. out of it?
1: Uh-oh. Mm.
2: We're going to dive.
1: We're going to dive deep.
2: Like, we're going to go to the deep dark dive.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we're going to use AJ's extensive knowledge of the DC universe to help us through this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, AJ, mm-hmm. I ask again are you ready for this task? Yes. Then let's do this. Snyder cut. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this brand new episode of the Cross-Gen Podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I'm joined by my two boys. Guys, introduce yourselves. I'm AJ. AJ.
1: Or Eli. rather, I should say Apocalyptic AJ. He's always a trauma. He's getting into character.
2: <laughs> uh, What would I be? You Super would be, Eli.
0: You would be sounds... Dark Side Eli. Dark Side. The, Eli the, side. The sod Eli. Step in Eli. <laughs> Step in Eli. What about that? Just call me, uh, Eborg.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about that? No? Equaman? I'm sorry. Eborg is the best. Okay. Eborg. <laughs> Eborg? Alright, Eborg. There you go. What would I be? wonder
1: i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's probably even worse <laughs> all
0: right well anyway anyway before we get started just want to remind you guys that thank you for listening to the podcast as usual please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you enjoy what we're talking about please by all means tell all your friends um let's just get right into it justice league the brand new Justice League that dropped on HBO, the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League, four hours and two minutes of what I would say is epic, an epic, beautiful, messy, ginormous blob of a epic, masterpiece. awesome masterpiece. Right? Yeah. Is is Pretty that a much. good way to a good way to describe it? Yep. Six chapters in all, plus an epilogue. Um, There was a lot of stuff in this. And, again, as Zack Snyder promised, completely different from the iteration that came out in 2017. You
1: best believe it. The
0: one that was helmed, started by Zack Snyder, but helmed by Joss Whedon. So before we get into the actual thing, let's talk about the the whole thing that precipitated even the necessity for a Snyder Cut, right? So, for the fans that out there that know, and for some of you that don't, Zack Snyder was supposed to originally do the Justice League movie. He had already helmed uh, Man of Steel, and he had already done Batman versus Superman. To what I would say is um, various results, right? Yeah. Because the critics weren't exactly huge fans of the movies. The fans weren't exactly huge fans of the movies either at that time. Definitely not at that time. But the movies mm-hmm. did make money. And so he was helmed he was slated to do Justice League and he also consulted on two other movies, Wonder Woman and Aquaman, where Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman, the, the woman Wonder Woman director, and James Wan, the director of Aquaman James actually reached out to Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder had a very specific vision for these characters and so they collaborated to make sure that the vision continued in their movies. Um by this time in before Justice League came out there was a growing sentiment among fans that they weren't exactly pleased with the direction that Snyder was taking the DC universe, so right? The DC EU, the DC extended universe, as opposed to the MCU, which is the Marvel cinematic universe.
1: Technically, wouldn't that have been DCCU?
0: They didn't want to appear <laughs> like Marvel, so they made it the DC EU you could have made it the DCFU which would have been <laughs> <Yo>. the DC <laughs> film universe but i think they probably figured that was a bad idea right <laughs>
1: i mean that's, that's what they ended up doing in the end honestly
0: they did but like i said there was a there was a growing sentiment among fans <laughs> where um where and I think we, we've all seen and we've all heard it where a lot of the fans weren't exactly happy with the direction Snyder was taking. Some of them were saying it was too dark. Some of them were saying it was not like the MCU, which was brighter and happier and more cheerful and jokey and humorous and stuff. But I think the biggest thing that the fans were kind of against was the treatment of Superman, particularly in Man of Steel. Um, especially with the notion that Superman kills, because, spoiler alert, at the end of that movie, he kills Zod. And he does it for a very good reason, because Zod is preparing to deep fry a couple of subway... uh, people they were in the subway station uh subway passengers subway passengers but they weren't on the subway just yet they were kind of in the no no, i'm sorry not passengers. commuters commuters right exactly they were in the lobby of what you could say looked like grand central station but set in metropolis right um and so you know behind that backdrop snyder was getting increasingly um He he was getting more interference from Warner Brothers at the time. They wanted him to take the thing in one direction. Snyder was very insistent on keeping his vision and finishing his slate of movies. Um, And then tragedy struck because at the time that he was filming the Justice League, his daughter unfortunately passed away. Um, she committed suicide, and while he continued to work for a couple of months, eventually, um, there was a kind of like an agreement between WB and Zack Snyder that said that, you know what, I'm going to walk away from the project, and we're going to let somebody else take over. So enter Jeff Johns, and Jeff Johns already had a person in mind, and that would be the aforementioned Joss Sweden. Josh Sweden came in. And instead of doing what DC and the WB executives said that they were going to do, where they were, he was just coming in to finish the work that Zack Snyder started, instead what he did was he basically reshot the entire movie. To the point that Zack Snyder says that 90% of his movie was not in the the theatrical release of Justice League. Suffice it to say, the Justice League movie that came out under Joss Whedon's watch was clearly not as intended to be. Uh, Probably one of the worst, if not the worst, DC movie to date. Yeah. And... and, uh, And we're putting Suicide Squad right there, neck and neck with them. (laughs) Um, uh, There was a huge backlash. The movie did not make what a Justice League movie should make. And soon afterwards, there were calls of abusive and very, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Hostile. Hostile environment created by Joss Whedon. And this was in the form of Ray Fisher, you know, calling him out directly, you know, within, within reason because he's under a non-disclosure agreement and stuff. So that's the backdrop of Justice League. Zack Snyder kind of he he doesn't he's not on every social media. He has a very very specific social media platform that he uses and that's Vero. So you're not going to find Zack Snyder on Instagram, you're not going to find him on Facebook, you're not going to find him on Twitter. He is only on this social Insta, this social platform called Vero. Upon the release of of Justice League, Josh Sweden's Justice League the theatrical cut of Justice League, he started to drop little hints that this is not his version. This is not his vision. He started dropping hints of Cyborg taking a much bigger role in the movie to the point that he said he was, he was that character was the heart of his Justice League. And then dropping shots of the black suit of Superman, which people started going crazy about. And it's around this time that people started the social campaign, hashtag, release the Snyder Cut. And it's grown and grown and grown and grown over the years, including his increasing posts on Vero, showing behind the scenes, uh, specifically with Deathstroke, more black-suited Spider-Man, and Spider Man, I mean Superman. I'm sorry. And culminating with the release of footage of Dark Side, and that I think is really where the the movement really took root and and started getting really really loud to the point that the WB executives were like, you know what, we have to do something about this, and surprisingly, they greenlit. Zack Snyder's Justice League. They gave him money not only to finish the CGI and and production and and music, which I will say the music from the two films are different. Yeah. Because the first film, the Joss Whedon film, used a composer very familiar to DC fans, Danny Elfin, Elfman, whereas Zack Snyder went back to his guy, Junkie XL. So you have two different soundtracks here, and I would say that this, the soundtrack from Junkie XL is far superior than the one that we got from the theatrical yeah. Um, But, like I said, they gave him money to finish the, the, the production, and they actually gave him money to do resho- reshoots, which we see especially in the epilogue of the movie.
1: I don't know why, but I... Remember you saying they weren't gonna allow him to Originally, do Originally,
0: they weren't. Originally, they weren't. They oh. were. They were against having him to do reshoots, and I gather that he kept pushing and saying, "You know, if you really, really want what my vision is gonna be, you gotta allow me to get reshoots." The whole Joker scene at the very end of epilogue of the epilogue—that is a reshoot. That was never in the original. The original Snyder cut. Okay. So there are reshoots here. There are entire scenes that he shot specifically for this HBO Max release. Um, Interesting. So now you have the entire history. And again, there's some Ray Fisher stuff that we haven't touched upon yet. We might touch upon it a little bit later. But that's the entire history of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, oh, and lest we forget, part of the reshoots for Josh Whedon's Justice League was the Shrek looking Superman. The Shrek looking oh, Henry Cavell. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess that was called Mustache Gate. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that so, wasn't good at all. Such a meme, bro. I don't care if it's a meme. That shouldn't exist. It should though. It, it, um... Oh. Right. No. So I'll give you I'll give
0: you a brief history about Mustache Gate. Mustache Gate when when Josh Whedon came on, Henry Cavill had already shot all his scenes and he had moved on to his next project, which was Mission Impossible. Now in Mission Impossible, he was forced. He was told that he had to grow a mustache for his character in the thing. Now usually, what happens is that um, when you're on projects, things take first position. So as Josh Whedon asked Henry Cavill to come back, the mustache obviously was an issue because Superman. Well, he doesn't have a mustache in this, in this, you know, cinematic universe. Yeah, so he asked point. Universal, who was the one that was making Mission Impossible, he said, can he just shave the mustache while he does the reshoots on he Grow? Universal said no. <laughs> so, uh, because quite clearly that was going to impact their production schedule. So... Josh Sweden, Josh Sweden got creative and said, okay, well, if we can't take off the mustache physically, then we're going to have to do it digitally. Boys, the rest is history. Jeez. And and well, you know what's the sad thing about it? That there are YouTubers yeah. that have done better jobs at taking the mustache mm-hmm. out than Josh Sweden's people. And and again, I'm not slighting the people that worked on this project but clearly it it did not come out as intended so yeah so now you have the real full history and i'm pretty sure there's other stuff but there's a very very complicated thing but now you have the real full history of zack snyder's justice league so let's let's talk about the movie itself before we move on to the other stuff what did you guys think of the the new version of Justice League?
1: I thought that there are just, to put it simply, there are some things that were in this movie that I am like 99.99999% sure are not reshoots that were originally part of the movie. And I just really do not see the logic as to why on God's green earth, Joss Whedon decided to take it out. And I, I don't normally like to say mean things like this, but it really makes me question his ability as a director. Like, I I, I, I was just baffled. Like, what? <laughs> how, how could you do this? <laughs> this oh, but suffice it to say okay sure it wasn't perfect you needed to do some explaining for some things cuz you know they had to ask me a couple of things during the movie and I had to be like okay well this is probably why that is mm-hmm. but barring that it was an it is a vastly superior movie you were that about to say awesome say. i saw you were about to say awesome but that that's not enough i have to say vastly superior okay
0: Eli, what do you think? What's your initial impression impression of the film? We've only seen it once. Yeah, you guys know I'm um, I'm
2: biased because I am a Marvel fan. And oh and, god! Well, I gotta say it was it was really 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 good. Um, and I felt that that they, they did a great job with like their how they how they built their story and their characters, which was way better than Josh Whedon's version. So there's that.
0: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, do we want do we want to talk about specific things about the movie, or is there how how do you want to approach the movie part of it? Because, like I said, there's so many different things, and I know AJ, you're having you're struggling with trying to remember that 2017 debacle which we've only seen once right yes usually when we like a movie we'll watch it a couple of times right yeah we only saw that once so i understand why you don't remember a lot of the things um one of the biggest things that was in the joss Sweden uh version that you don't truly remember is that russian family at the end of that apocalyptic battle at the end
2: why are they so important I, I don't get it, though.
0: Well, I think the reason Joss Whedon put it in is because he wanted to have a, a person on the ground grounded to kind of, like, give the audience a sense of what was going on in terms of the non-supers. Like, how would how would a battle like this would affect regular people on Earth? And I think that's the reason why he kind of injected that family. But it just felt so shoehorned in. And and it really, you know, I, I understand the reasoning behind it, but the execution of it was really, really bad. Um, especially when you have Superman who's about to have this epic battle with Steppenwolf to stop the mother boxes from, you know, becoming the unity, merging into the unity. He literally stops in the middle of the fight to go help Flash evacuate the town, and, and there's the point where you saw in in some of the trailers that we saw, where Flash was happy that he was able to push a car out of the way. Meanwhile, Superman is flying by with a big building, which again is is kind Bro. of is kind of what DC was kind of going for there at that point because they wanted to, for the lack of a better word, Marvelify. The DC, the DC movies—they've seen that Marvel has a very specific formula. You know, it's humor, it's action. You know, it's some silliness here and there. And with Snyder's, you didn't have that, so they tasked Whedon to do that. And well, there you go.
2: It's like Plankton trying to steal the freaking Patty Patty Krabby Crappy Patty Krabby formula.
0: Patty. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know. So, um. Let's talk about the biggest the biggest
1: change in the movie. Cyborg. Cyborg. By God. Like, he, Eli, what would you say, like, just watching the Snyder Cut, what would you say is the absolute, well, no, that, that's not a good way to phrase it. How about I do it like this? Was it worth cutting him out of the movie?
2: Excuse me? I'm asking, answer, answer that
1: question. No, I want to.
2: Yeah, why would you even ask that question? Of course, it was a bad idea. Um, Why was
1: it a bad idea?
2: Because Cyborg was awesome. Why was he awesome? Because he was important. And he was. He was just a good character in this movie. They really built his character well in this movie to the point where he actually played a huge role. You said it yourself. He was uh, the core of Justice League. Yeah, basically,
0: he was basically one of the main characters of the film. Uh, Everything that happened happened because of Cyborg. Yeah, everything that didn't happen happened because of Cyborg. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so so I I I think, and and guys, I'm just gonna say this: if you want a really really in depth look at talk about you know what we're what we're doing with justice league right now um i would suggest try our sister podcast the get geek podcast because we really 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 get into a lot of depth in terms of each of the characters we're just going to kind of go very very you know overview because we, we really want to get into why the snyder cut exists and what it how it impacts dc going forward but that being said, Cy- Cyborg was such a huge, huge, like like somebody somebody in our other podcast said, Gabe, um, it's criminal it is. what Josh Whedon did with the character of Cyborg. It really, really is. And and, and you know, Cyborg was relegated to basically just um, background in his version, where in the Snyder Cut. He was front and center and driving the whole story forward. I I don't understand how you take out a character like that and a story like that. It, it really didn't make a lot of sense.
1: You know? Yeah, it was just really so bad. Like uh, seeing this, like that that uh, that's really gonna be they're gonna be something problems for him not that he isn't already facing a lot of crap already but that's just gonna be like the icing on the cake people are gonna see this movie they're gonna be like what the hell were you doing (laughs) well you know what it kind of
0: makes the allegations that ray fisher um made against sweden it this is almost like video evidence of that it, it really is, because, you know, some of the allegations that were made, and again, we don't have any specifics because, yeah, even Ray Fisher said it himself. Um, he's under a non disclosure agreement, and he's not able to discuss it freely. I'm, I'm sure in a court of law he'll be able to do that, but not in the court of public opinion. So some of his comments have been very, very um, broad. But there's there's a lot of a lot of criticism in terms of Whedon's style. Um, there's there is some cause that he's abusive, that you know, he's demeaning to the to the actors, that um, you know, th- he creates a toxic environment to work in. And like I said, you you see you see what happened with Ray Fish's character, and you wonder, you know how can you not believe what he says because it's clear that he had something in for either the character itself or the actor personally because i can't find any good justification to get rid of cyborg's character the way that he did yeah um let's also talk about some of the other characters i know batman wonder woman superman they kind of took a back role to this, which is understandable yeah, because again, they've already had their origin stories, especially yeah. in some of the other movies. Plus,
2: they they're getting an expansion.
0: Well, mm-hmm.
2: They're they're getting more screen time in.
0: What was it? Well, uh, they got they Justice got it. Well, yeah, if that ever happens, if no, that ever we'll happened. we'll get to that. Yeah. But um, we've already talked about Cyborg. Why don't we talk about Aquaman and Flash?
1: They are so much better in this movie too. Like, How so? Aquaman in Whedon's cut was like this really chill surfer dude. And you know what? At the time, it was funny a little bit because, oh, wow, you see Aquaman. Of course, he'd be like a surfer dude. But then when I see this, I go, I like this Aquaman so much better. So
0: what what is his demeanor in this cut? He
1: is... Incre- he, it's it's almost scary how serious he is. Like the way he meets Bruce, like there is a crap ton amount of tension in that room. There was, there was. <laughs> like this is so wow, and like even when uh, the way he plays off of Wonder Woman, sometimes like you know because Atlanteans and. Themyscirans they have this really like bad blood between them yes and it was interesting to see how they that played off like she just goes oh well you know you know our history and he's like Pfft, don't care <laughs> yeah
0: I hate I hate the Atlanteans as much as you do <laughs> yeah uh, I think that was the line that he said right
1: yeah and I, I just like the way you can actually take him seriously
0: and I think that plays really big in any future movies that he has because, and again, I mentioned this in the Get Geek podcast and I'll mention it here again, you have more of a sense that he can actually become a king of Atlantis based on the character that we see in the Snyder Cut. The one in the verse. it's very difficult to see him make that 180 degree change from, yeah, bruh, surfer dude to, yes, I'm the king of Atlantis. You know, it, it seems like it's a harder stretch to see him change that much. Right. Yeah. So at least here, you know, he's he's more reserved. He's more almost, I, w- I would say, regal. Right.
1: In his, in in a his sense. Demeanor, yeah.
0: Demeanor. Right. At least he wasn't, you know, brawing it up all over the place yeah. and stuff. Right. Um. So that that is a huge change from Aquaman. Eli. I know you're you're not too crazy about this other character, no. but let's let's put that aside, and let's say, give me the differences that you saw between the Whedon version and the Snyder version of the man that they called the Flash, Barry Allen, played by Ezra Miller.
2: Honestly, honestly, I don't even.
0: <laughs> Did you see a difference in your opinion?
2: I mean, he was definitely more of a klutz um, in the original Josh, we- Joss, Joss. Weeden mm-hmm. version, but I mean other than that, I didn't really see much of a difference here and well, here's the thing I, I just really don't like this Flash because he just seems like more of a-, a big mouth than he was in the original version like yes, you can say that 20 year olds are very immature, but like Let's be honest here. We're talking about flashier, and you can't. Th- when it comes to something like this, you can't just compare him to your re- to your regular twenty year old immature. Uh, and I get that he hasn't had a parent. He doesn't know how to act, but that that still gives it no reason to make him like a child.
0: Well. And- you know what? I, I kind of agree with you on this. And we, we talked about that yesterday on the Get Geek podcast. But now, you know, I've had I've had enough time to think about it. And you know what? You're kind of right, because even though, you know, he he is. You have him as his demeanor of being this, you know, funny, carefree, you know. For the lack of a word, he's kind of like a class clown, right? Yeah. In, in in a sense, in a sense, not totally, right? But that's the demeanor that he, he gives out. But if you look at his past, you would think that he's kind of been forced to grow up a little bit more than the, the normal person because, you know, he lost his mother and we don't know the exact origin. We don't know the exact circumstances oh of how he lost his mother in this yeah. Iteration. We do know in the comic books and the TV series because they've, you know, really yeah. leaned heavily into it. And that is the first flash killing his mom and then blaming his dad for it and his dad serving a life sentence for a crime that he didn't commit. So, in a sense, you can say that should have forced Barry Allen to grow up a lot quicker than most people because he's now on his own you know he's working how many jobs and his ultimate goal is to try and get into the legal profession so that he can exonerate his dad those are very mature thoughts yeah but his personality kind of belies that you know it's yeah, it's like- kind of like it's kind of like at odds with what he's doing to the way that he's acting
2: yeah like it's like honestly in like you, we've been recently watching this show called *Bitter Call Saul*. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into the law, he's he's very, uh, but he cuts corners. That's the reason why. If he if Barry Allen doesn't cut corners and he's that immature, I'm surprised he even got the job because he was offered the job.
0: Yeah, Whoa. as a, C- a CSI in, uh,
1: you know, Spoiler Central key, City. I I don't know about cutting corners, but.
2: No, barely Barry Allen doesn't, doesn't cut corners. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: Not and, like like Saul Goodman from Better Call Saul. So
2: if he doesn't cut corners, how the hell did he get the job? He's obviously not fit for that, especially since how ma- immature he is.
0: Now, the one thing I will say is that this movie showed how smart he is.
2: He is smart. Okay? So I, He's
0: not. That, and that's something that the Whedon version didn't do. Yeah. You know, even though the Whedon version did show that he was building a suit out of aerospace materials and, you know, his warehouse was full of computers, they never really drilled down on the fact of how smart he is. And in this version, Snyder's version, he's actually the one that comes up with the plan to bring back Superman. He's the one that thinks about, you know what, we need to use the mother box. And he's also instrumental in two scenes one where. They actually do resurrect Superman, and he's the one that comes up with the thing that he needs to tap into the speed force to generate enough electricity and power to turn on the mother box. And then the second part is clearly the fact that he decides to break the rules and turn back time to save Earth, right? So clearly, he is very intelligent. Yeah. And and this version does show it, to its credit, but again, you know, there's that whole weird thing where he's kind of like a, he's almost like a doofus. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? not. Well, he's not a doofus, but he's he's kind of he's kind of silly when it when he does some stuff, right?
2: It's it's not really the job. It's just like, it, he's just. It's not even that he's he's uh clumsy and stuff because we obviously see that he trips like twice, I believe. And I get it. He's learning his powers. Yeah. He, he is technically the No, he is the youngest of the group. Yes, absolutely. By far. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. But at the same time, there should be that maturity there. Like, you have him and, yelling, mm-hmm. oh, that's your signal. Oh, shoot. When <laughs> when it was about the Batman thing. Well,
0: he is socially awkward. He do, he does say that he doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. I know. You right? know? But, again, there's also that that weird polar opposite thing where it's like, well, he's still learning his powers, but yet he knows enough that he's got to break the rules of the speed force in order to turn back time. I don't doubt that he's intelligent. He's a a little weird, but he's still far better than what we got in the theatrical version,
1: right? AJ, you have anything to say about Flash? Yeah, I don't agree. Because the goofy thing is befitting of the character overall. That is how he is in the comics. I know. So, I I, know we wait, agree with that. We we totally agree yes, with that.
2: The Goofy is fine. It's just that you there's a point where you do it over the top. You don't want to make a you don't want to make a it's it just it the way I see Flash is he's goofy, but he had he's reserved a little bit.
1: He's no. At, at least not as No.
2: Not as much as this Flash. I mean, this Flash is like way more of a big mouth. You have to you have to see that. Okay, but course. he's
1: not it, like if it, if you were talking like it was a big mouth, he was in a crowded square with people and he accidentally says Bruce is Batman, that's one thing. He did it among the Justice League members.
2: But it still doesn't make a difference. That just shows you how how goofy he is. Well, did
0: he, did he know that Princess Diana, but did he know that Diana Prince was Wonder
1: Woman at that time? Pretty sure cuz they had their costumes on.
0: No. They didn't? No. They were coming off of Bruce Wayne's uh thing. She was not in costume at the time.
2: Bro, they were stepping out. That's why They he, were in, they were all in to, civilian clothes. Bro, that's why he had to cover his mouth yeah. because there were people around. So it, it oh. either way, it wouldn't Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's...
0: I think we can we can chalk that up to him being socially awkward. I think that's that's what it is and they they did make the case that you know what I, I, I need more friends. he doesn't know how to interact with people and and I think they showed that also in the the cut scene with Iris West where he doesn't really know how to speak to people. You know, especially with that really, really awkward. Um,
1: he just kind of stared at her. Well, and, and oh, and, that, that, and yeah, the, and that that too.
0: The interview that he had. What was it? A, a puppy shop or something? Supposed to be shop? a
1: dog walk a dog walker. Yeah. There you go.
0: Very, very weird interview for him, right? Yeah. So, so I guess maybe you can say that that's part of his character as well. You know, he's he's a weird character. No doubt. Let, let's put yeah. it that way. But you know what? He's very comic book accurate, like AJ said, because in the comic books he is kind of aloof in that way, also. You know,
2: Wait, he's like exactly like this in the comics.
1: Not exactly Somewhat. like that, but pretty much to the T. Let me ask you this question: the dude, oh. the dude, spouts flashbacks as he's fighting people.
2: Well, that, that's fine, yeah. but like, there's a point where you're where you're spitting fl- flashbacks, and you're just plain annoying.
0: All right, let me let me ask you this question then, and and you know, then we'll wrap up Flash here. Oh yeah, I'm um, okay. Uh,
2: no, no, uh, no offense to the actor. The actor did a great job. I think he yeah. really yeah. played that. Role he well. he
0: played it the way the director asked yeah. him to play it. So you know, no, no, no offense taken for him there. But let me ask you this question: This is the one character where we have different iterations at the same time. Okay. One of, the, one of the few characters in the DC universe that exists, not only in the cinematic universe, but also the TV universe. So, AJ, I'm going to direct this at you, but I want Eli to chime in as well. Which Flash do you believe is the more accurate one comic book-wise? And does it even matter in the Snyderverse? Because we have Grant Gustin's Flash, which is in the CD, CW-verse, And we have Ezra Miller's Flash, which is Zack Snyder's choice for the Scarlet Speedster.
1: Honestly, I would say that Ezra Miller's is more comic accurate because in the Flash TV show, he's not Batman with superpowers, but he does a heck of a lot more brooding and like, you know. Well, that's a symptom of the CW, right? Yes, that that is, but that's still part of their interpretation. No,
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. Because, you know, a lot of the fans actually wanted Grant Gustin in that role instead of Ezra Miller, and I think a lot of the fans
1: still do. Yeah, he wasn't... Okay, the CW's flash was good in at least the first two seasons. By the time you get... Past the third into the weird Savitar is actually him arc. That's where things really get weird.
0: I agree with that, Eli. What about what about you? Who do you think is yeah. AJ? Clearly likes Ezra Miller as well, as Flash. I don't, and as Barry Allen.
2: It's no doubt that um, Ezra Miller is the more comic accurate one. I just don't like it at all.
0: Well, so are yeah, you saying you all, like Grants better? Grant's version better.
2: I I don't like Grant's either, but I would much prefer it. because yes, he he kind of was a little bit better. I mean, of course, he was a crybaby and stuff like that, and he was a little bit annoying sometimes, but like not to the point where he was like speaking all the time and stuff, right? Uh, but I mean, I I like that he was a little bit at least more reserved because you have this Flash who's just like blah blah blah. blah. And it's it's just nah.
0: All right. Um. One quick thing before we move on from the flash. Did you get the line where he said that he spoke gorilla sign language?
1: Yeah. yeah. I I point. I tried pointing that out to him when we were watching. I was like, Dude, no, that's Grodd. About, yeah. Grodd. He's
0: Grodd. talking about Grodd, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought that was cool, also. But yeah. um. All right. So we've gone over all the good guys. Let's get into the bad guys before before we really get into how what this means. Yeah, let's let's take them all together at once. So just for the interest of time, Dasad, Steppenwolf, and Side. Two out of those three didn't even make Whedon's cut. Talk to me about those guys.
1: Oh man, they, I, I was. Like I I really like the way he 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 set up the interplay between these three characters. Cause here's the thing, Desaad. I while I like his uh, the way he's like the middleman here. Like, well, he's kind of a middleman in the comics too, but he he's a lot more he's a lot more sniveling. In this one, he had just a little bit more regality to him. And I have to say, it was it was kind of a good look on him. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, there's that. Steppenwolf, on the other hand, biggest Way change. Better. Oh my
2: god.
0: He, he's almost a Way completely better. different character, is he not? He is
2: a completely different
1: character. Totally. I mean,
0: and that, that's kind of <laughs> like the running theme in in all of this this discussion that we're having is that. Every single character is vastly different from the 2017 version. Steppenwolf probably, well, aside from Cyborg, but I think Steppenwolf is probably a close second for the guy that has the biggest changes from 2017 2017 to 2021, right? I mean,
1: from his look to how they characterized him. Even his face,
0: right? His face is totally different. Yes, yeah, his baby face baby. is totally different. Not
1: totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, hold on, yeah, I'm gonna definitely. pull up an image between the two, and you're gonna yeah. see the difference. Yeah,
1: I know. I I do remember what he looks like from the Justice League movie. It's all all that really is is they changed his complexion. Really,
0: his face uh, is different.
1: It's really not look, that different. We're about to show you.
0: About to yeah, show you. just give me one second, and but, you will see. Anyway,
2: look look. You're telling me that that isn't the different- 2017
0: <laughs> version was more human like. That's not in the movie. Hmm?
1: That- no, but I'm saying this one here. That- yes, all right. There, there is. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Fine. But interestingly, though, it's more comic accurate. <laughs> no, that's fine.
0: You know, like, like I said, a lot of people didn't like the 2017 version because he kind of looked generic.
1: Yeah, but I don't know for some reason I even though it's not exactly comic book accurate, like it's just I I don't know how to feel about it honestly. I
0: think the 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 biggest reason for me with 2021's version is that it's all about the armor. I think the armor was a little too it's cool armor, no doubt, but it looked a little too Alien for me. It had like this predator. Um, there's, there's another thing that I've seen that has that that similar, like shimmer, um, and I can't, I can't put my 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 finger on it. But there's, it, it didn't feel like a Steppenwolf type armor. I yeah. guess, but is my thing.
2: I'm, I actually much preferred
1: it. Like, actually... barring, it was cool though. Yeah, it was cool. It like, was cool
2: honestly something about this just makes me like feel like that's just see
1: i would prefer i'd honestly prefer that because that is how he is supposed to look yes This one i don't really
0: full with the the mustache and everything he looks like a human there
1: yeah that's the point new gods look like that not all of them like kalibak but
2: Mm -hmm. if you made him human that was fine but i don't i just not the armor though don't that, I mean, honestly... I mean, I it d- didn't
1: have to look exactly like that, but at least much more reminiscent to that.
0: Yeah. I don't like that. Well, you know, like like I said, but you know what? The, the biggest difference between 2017 and 2021 is he actually has a decent motivation to do what he's doing. Yes. You
1: know? so, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I love the way Zack Snyder did this too, because... In Joss Whedon's version, it was just like, oh, I've been here once before. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm, here to settle a grudge. But in this one, not only is Steppenwolf not the one who invades way back when, it's Darkseid. The other interesting thing is that he was not there. And I like that detail a lot. And you, you mentioned that that's probably
0: the betrayal that Darkseid was talking about when he was talking about Steppenwolf, right?
1: Yeah. And That's that, a big thing. It is. And it just adds because even I don't I don't remember who said it, but it's like you really get the feeling that he's being punished when Desai goes and tells him, Oh, well you you're still fifty thousand roads to, fifty thousand planets to go, bro, before yeah. you even get an audience. And, and yeah.
0: his face, right? Yeah, and he <laughs> his was, face like, was like, oh crap. <laughs> you
1: know like he's an actual he has depth and it's
2: awesome. He's an actual character this time.
0: He is <laughs> he's not he's not the twirling villain that just walks around saying for the unity for the for Dark side because that's basically all he did in the yeah. 2017 version. at least this one. he has a motivation that's driving him. He wants to get back into the good graces of Dark side. He's kind of like an outcast in in exile, right um, and really has no other purpose. Except, I guess he's conquering planets uh, in the name of Darkseid. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it is. And so he's trying to get. But the thing that really piques Darkseid's interest is not only the fact that he found the mother boxes. I don't think, I, I really, really don't think that Darkseid really cares about the mother boxes. Yeah, it's there is. It's the other thing that he found on Earth, right? Yeah,
1: there's two things. So, first of all, Like we mentioned before, Darkseid's been here before. So it's like, oh, well, hey, if you want, you can settle this grudge. And he's kind of like, well, I mean, that's, well, through Desaad, he's like, well, that's good and all. But again, I have all this other bank. Well, why do I care? But then when Steppenwolf comes to him with the fact that, hey, we also found this out, too. And that's that the anti-life equation the base the, the whole reason why you're going about making this empire thing work, it's here. And basically what that does is is just complete and total mind control over like all beings in the universe. And when Steppenwolf presents him with that, then does he actually get the face-to-face meeting with Darkseid? Yeah. Because prior to that, it was just him and Desad, and Desad being like, Okay, what do you want now? <laughs> And he goes. He
0: goes to Darkseid. Hey, Darkseid, he's actually got something. You want to take this call? Uh, put it through line two. <laughs> Steppenwolf, what you got for me, buddy? Basically, you know, he, I'm not taking every every time every time Steppenwolf calls. The side is like, oh, you know, he's he's out of the office right now, or you know, <laughs> he's he's getting his hair done, or you know, he's he's got mm-hmm. a doctor's appointment. He Can't talk to you right now. But when he brings the anti-life equation, he's like, "You might want to take this call, Darkseid. This this might be interesting." So <laughs> it, it's it, but it's cool the way he, the way he he jumps on and he's like, "Okay, what what's going on here? Talk to me, Do- Steppenwolf. Talk to me." Yes,
1: and despite the fact that Steppenwolf died, I actually found that ending much more fulfilling. Strangely enough. Hmm. A very R-rated death for him, right? That's why I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It was, it was also, it was like the perfect warning. Like, because the whole point was Superman was dead. Hey, it's open season. Or as we like to say in the meme world, free real estate. <laughs> <laughs> free, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> it's free real estate. But then, because well, the unity eventually does happen, you know, even though Cyborg is like, ah, oh, we're going to do it. And mm-hmm. the portal, you see, on the other side is Apocalypse. Yep. But the Justice League goes, okay, so you're here, but we don't want you here. Here, Take this back, but in two pieces. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? And so...
0: Steppenwolf is at least a foot or two shorter
1: now. <laughs> yes. And just, like... <laughs> I-, I love that... That was a great shot, by it, the way, right? It really right? was. Like... Uh,
0: Who was it? It was Superman that kicked him, right? Or Yeah, you like punched him or something. Or Something like that. And he's flying almost horizontally into the portal. And Wonder Woman kind of jumps up and in mid-flight cuts his head off.
1: And sends him flying through the mother box portal. Yes.
0: The two, boom tube. Two pieces to, to Darkseid. Boom.
1: Yeah, and it's like, don't come here. Unless you want to end up like that.
0: Yeah. That was a that was a, a really good message to Son.
1: Paraded R.
0: But, um but. Dark Side. Talk about Dark Side. Oh. Dark Side was not in the movie at all. He was just mentioned a couple of times, but we didn't even get a, a glance at him in twenty seventeen.
1: I'm not gonna say it was very, very comic accurate. And it was so satisfying. Like, imagine this got the type of build-up Thanos got. This would have been that much more amazing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Except he actually had more to do in his first movie than Thanos ever did. Yeah. Because Thanos was relegated to after-credit scenes. So he got maybe, at best, a minute or two face time with the audience mm-hmm. before he made his big reveal in Infinity War, right? Yeah. Um dark side was a very very interesting character comic book accurate like you said did he did he give you the level of threat that you think that he should portray or oh, was he yes. was he underwhelming in any way or aspect
1: see i know that one of one of the co-hosts from our other podcast said he was underwhelming but i mean no it's not first of all When he first arrived to planet Earth, which was where the contention was, it looked like he didn't even really do anything. But you have to consider this. Even though they don't count for much, they got all of humanity united against him. You got the Atlanteans and the Themyscirans to basically shelf their crap and deal with him. Mm -hmm. You had the Green Lantern Corps come in to deal with this. You had the Olympian gods Come in which to deal big. with this.
0: That's a pretty impressive army to say the least.
1: Yes. And sure, it looks like, oh, well, Ares almost killed him. Maybe he's an easy fight. Not necessarily. And I'm going to say no flat out because at that time, it doesn't look like he had the Omega effect, which means he was just a plain old new god. Yes. And so that's still pretty powerful though. Yeah, still powerful though.
0: But not Invincible? No. Okay. And just <laughs> We did get a, a, a glimpse at the Omega Beams.
1: Oh, yes. During no, the... Cool. When they were reviving Superman, um, Cyborg had a glimpse at the future, much in the same way Batman did. Mm-hmm. Except it was through not only the Mother Box, well, it was probably the Mother Box through Superman's ship, but... And basically. the Speed
0: Force also, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the
0: Speed Force had something to do with that as well. Because remember, when Batman, when Bruce Wayne had his, he was exposed to the Speed Force. Okay, so, that's so true. Maybe, maybe the Speed Force also had something to do with Cyborg's vision as well.
1: Well, I mean, that changes the nature of the Speed Force a little bit, but it's not a bad touch. Well,
0: remember, the Speed Force does deal with time as well. So if you tap into the Speed Force, you can see visions of the future and the past.
1: That's fair. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So in this one scene of the vision, he's in Atlantis, and I don't know was he was fighting Mira or maybe it was Aquaman. Oh, it was Aquaman. He and, kills Aquaman there. Yeah, he just completely obliterates, skewers <laughs> him, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just so. And you, you, there's something you need to remember too. It looked like Steppenwolf was kind of alive when he got sent through. You also have to realize that because what he ended up doing was Darkseid saw he was kind of alive and he just went, yeah, you're going to get the bug treatment. And he just like smashes his head with his boot. Yeah. You also need to remember that's his uncle.
0: That's right. I keep forgetting that. That is some bad family blood there. Yeah. Wow. No, Steppenwolf
1: is his uncle. Yeah. They're all kind of like. It's kind of like the Olympian gods. Yeah, some of them are exactly. family; some of them aren't.
0: So, that is true. I, I forget that because you know what we, we don't. I don't read as much as you do the DC stuff. So, um, that's an interesting twist. But that's something that they didn't touch upon in either of the movies, did
1: they? Wrong, because Desaad, when he was mentioning Steppenwolf's failure, he says, "Well, come on, man you you let us down. You let Your armies down? Hell, you let your family down. Mm, That's true. Okay, so that's it's very it's subtle, but it is there. Okay, all right.
0: See, that's something I didn't catch at the beginning. So, um, okay, so it's safe to say that the 2021 version is far superior in leaps and bounds to the 2017. The big question that we're going to ask here is what does that do to the DC universe moving forward and fandom in general? Yeah. Because you look at, you look at how my biggest question has always ever been, why did WB ever agree to this? I mean, the the call was there and people, people are clamoring for the Snyder cut. Probably one of the biggest campaigns, uh, fan campaigns ever. Um, but that didn't necessarily mean that WB would do that. I mean, it's it's a very different situation here. I mean, the next thing we're going to be calling is, you know, release the David Ayer cut. Because remember, David Ayer famously had his movie, The Suicide, well, not The Suicide Squad, suicide squad the suicide squad is being done by james gunn but david air had his movie cut up famously by the company that did the trailer ironically called trailer park um and so now do we start a campaign to say that we want the david air cut i mean it we're we're at a point now where you know we can't fans have so much power and that might be a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing as well because, you know, fans now have the ability more so than just, you know, financially, but they have a voice in shaping how movies are made going forward. Before, the way that you you voiced your displeasure at a movie is, well, you just didn't go to the movie theater and you didn't spend the $10, 15 a ticket it took to watch it now what you've done is you've kind of opened up the gates and i think that started with sonic and you know the campaign to change the way sonic looked and it's kind of culminating in this snyder the snyder cut campaign um where fans have a direct way of changing a movie yeah I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, in this I, case, I, I'm actually glad that I saw the Snyder cut. Yes. And, you know, we we just saw an article not too long ago where Sny- Zack Snyder is actually open to making a sequel to this movie. Which, you know, selfishly, I would like to see it, to be honest.
1: But... It, it's also it, interesting that it also comes in tandem with the newest thing. Trending on Twitter, which is restore the Snyderverse,
0: right? And so, you know, we've we've had a couple of movies that came out after, you know, the 2017 debacle of of Justice League. You know, we had Wonder Woman 84 come out. We've had Shazam. We've had um, Black Adam's coming out pretty soon. The the Suicide Squad, which I mentioned before by James Gunn. There there are a number of things. The Flash movie. Which unfortunately now is going without Cyborg because he's been effectively fired from DC and from WB because of the comments that he's made against Whedon. We've already this 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 train already left the station. It's already moving forward. They already. It, it's a little strange to say that we're going to actually tell the train to come back into the station because we need to get bunch of other passengers on this train
1: um what do you what do you guys think i think that again the snyder cut was good but like it's not a good day for the actual people generating this content i mean you you have to think about the writers and the people who actually come to this thing with a vision like um You think about what happened in Star Wars. You had Force Awakens that J.J. Abrams started. He had a very specific vision. Ryan Johnson goes and makes Last Jedi. He stuck pretty true to what J.J. Abrams did, but he made some adjustments of his own, but they were kind of interesting. But they were still deviations from what... uh, What's his name? J... J J.J. Abrams Abrams did I was about to say James Gunn for some reason (laughs) (laughs) and then you get all that backlash with Last Jedi and then not too long after all of that uproar you had the rise of Skywalker the complete train wreck that it was which not only set things back on track narratively for J.J. Abrams, but it was also a deliberate kind of F.U. to The Last Jedi. And, and
0: it's interesting you mentioned the backlash against Last Jedi because the backlash wasn't singularly toward the film, but it was also toward the actors in the film yes. as well. Which which kind of leads to that whole toxic fandom discussion that I, I don't think we're going to get into just right now because that's on a whole other podcast. Yeah. But... Um, yeah you're 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 at a point where listen films are are made by directors and writers and they, it's their vision and their interpretation film is art right not everybody has to agree with it and if you don't agree with it much like art you don't have to look at it my whole fear is that you know and you even look at look at the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies have not taken the the comic books you know per word. I mean, you look at civil war, Civil War was changed drastically from what it was in the comic books. Um, there There are things that you have to kind of let those guys do what they do and now if you have fear that you're going there's, there's going to be an online backlash and i get it fans want to see what fans want to see but you also have to appreciate that there are people that have interpretations and visions and narratives that may not exactly fit the way you believe a character or a storyline is is done but you have to give them the chance not only to create what they want to create but give them a chance to finish that creation. Because you might be talking about a character that maybe in the first two movies doesn't fit what you think he's going to be, but maybe the whole plan is that you're bringing him to that point, to the point where now it's the character that you know and love, but you had to have the evolution of that character to get there.
1: Yeah, like, how exactly would Infinity War have played out were it not for Civil War?
0: Right, exactly. You know, there's there is a narrative that they're spinning that, again, may not be the exact same thing that you want to see, but you should give them the opportunity to let them tell their story. It's You know, if you really, really like, you know, the story as told, you have a medium to do that. You can go back to the comic books and read it. And I understand, again... You know, I'm I'm not trying to fan the flames here and say that fans are wrong because a lot of the times they're not. But I also think that there's an artistic endeavor to making movies that you kind of got to let these guys do what they do. And, and I, I'm a little worried that we're kind of hamstringing both screenwriters and directors going forward just because of what happened here. I mean, think about it this way. I, and again, this is the thing that I don't understand. Why I well, I kind of understand it because it's all about money. But you look at WB and and they they greenlit the Snyder the Snyder cut. You had to know that there was only two ways this was going to go: either it was going to be a piece of crap and people would just stop talking about it, or it was going to be really good. And then that means that you've now just kind of alienated Josh Whedon as a director because you've you've pretty much said, you know what, yeah, we released your film, but we're going to release another version of your film, and guess what? It's that much better, right? And the other thing that WB had to have known is that if this movie was as good as it, as it came out to be, you kind of knew that the fans would now Ask would be more. even more vociferous in their calling for we want to see not only the Snyder cut but like you said we want you to restore the Snyder universe um Eli I know you have some really strong views on this you know in terms of fan interaction and and whether they should be involved in the filmmaking process I mean what do you what do you think about all this stuff
2: well Let's be honest here. It's not your job. It's not your job to babysit directors on how they do their movies. It's not. You leave it as it is. You try doing stuff like that, you're going to cause chaos in the movie industry. That's when things start getting out of hand. Because now you have fans who are practically just being so toxic and aggressive, not just to the directors, but then that starts going to the fans, right? Right? So, you have all that, and then it's just, by enabling fans, they're just going to keep expecting it again and again and again and again, and And it's going to get worse. The aggression is going to get worse. You best be expecting death threats now. And it's going to get to the point where, like, if Zack Snyder decides to drop out again, I don't know. Like, they're going to definitely do some the the internet has become a bad place now and i yeah, think that we all has. know that but it's it's not just it's not even just the internet now mm-hmm. it's just affecting everything but
0: it they, used to it used to be that fans used to be able to voice their opinions by not showing up at the movie theater yeah i mean uh one really really good example dragon ball evolution which is uh, which is something that we're all fans of the franchise of Dragon Ball, right? The property of Dragon Ball. But, you know, if you make a Dragon Ball movie, we're just not going to go see it. And so that makes, that makes it incumbent on the production company and, you know, the companies that release these movies to find another person that has a vision that people will like. As opposed to having people say, you know what, just remake the movie over again. Uh, It it, it is a weird place that we're in right now.
1: Because all you're really doing at that point is (laughs) you're discouraging directors and writers to direct and write. Mm -hmm. Because who's to say, I mean, goodness gracious, people didn't like the prequels when they came out. Imagine this came out then and we didn't even have the prequels. Well, well, look at
0: this. Um, when Empire Strikes came, Empire Strikes Back came out, people didn't like the movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that too.
0: People despised the movie. There was, there was people saying, oh, well, we're not going to watch this ever again. Look at what the movie is now. It's, it's one of the most beloved movies of all time. It's probably, a lot of people say, probably one of the best movies in the Star Wars universe. It wasn't like that when it came out. But imagine if the fans had the type of power that we had now. We wouldn't have gotten Return of the Jedi. We wouldn't have seen the end of the George Lucas vision that we had. We wouldn't have seen any of that stuff because, you know what, the cries would have been kind of similar to what happened with Zack Snyder. Get rid of George Lucas. Hashtag fire George Lucas. That's what would have happened if Empire Strikes Back came out today. And think about how that would have changed the Star Wars franchise to begin with. Yeah. And that's, that's that totally changes everything in terms of Star Wars if we don't have the creator, yeah. George Lucas, behind it. And say what you will about the sequels, and some of them were pretty bad. But at, but at the very least, they're still enjoyable, and they are part of the Star Wars canon, and a lot of it makes sense, you know? And, again, his vision, his story, you got to let him finish it. So, you know, at the very least, we may not have gotten Return of the Jedi. And and Return of the Jedi, a lot of people love that movie, Ewoks aside. Me included. (laughs) But a lot of people believe that movie is the best out of the Star Wars franchise. You know, it's always between Return of the Jedi and... Empire Strikes Back. That's that's the discussion that I've heard. Imagine we've we never we never got that. Imagine if they had fired George Lucas before Return of the Jedi. Let's let's just put it.
2: This that, way. That's
0: the way I look at it. This uh, in in this day and age is that there is a lot of power the fans should have, and they should because you know what? You are making movies based on on what fans want to see, and I get that. But is there a point where it becomes too much power? I guess that's the question that we're really asking.
2: Well, he, like, uh, I know I mentioned this in the other podcast, and I'm going to mention it again. You, you're giving them a power. They're in, you're enabling. You're, you're giving them to power the power to have the outcome, not just on the movie, but on the universe itself. So by doing that, you've already seen that they've made mistakes. They, For God's sakes, they, they decided to uh, get rid of Zack Snyder, which I know that at the time... Yes, it was because of personal issues, but mainly it was it was them.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of it was WB hearing the fans and WB saying, you know what, the fans want something like what Marvel's putting out. Maybe Zack Snyder is not the guy for us.
2: And that's exactly. And, my point.
0: and so, you know, as much as the fans enabled the, Sna- the Snyder cut to happen, maybe. The Snyder cut never exists if they, they weren't so vociferous in their voice to get rid of Zack Snyder in the first place.
2: And yeah, so basically, yeah, I mean, the problem started the problem. It's, <laughs> it really it, did. It's it like, really did. And it's like so, so crazy. And I know that there's a lot of people saying that you can do this without uh, enabling fans. No, that's just... Are you are you freaking kidding me? That's impossible. The ship has sailed. You've seen it. Zach, Zack Snyder's cut has already been delivered. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie. But the whole background behind it, everything with the fans, it's just complete and utter chaos. Now, you have the new movie, which might be coming out because Zack Snyder already said that he was willing to do it. Warner Brothers, we don't know. If Warner Brothers says no... The problem gets worse. People start asking for more, and then it continues to to, to rise, and the tension is just going to be unbelievably insane.
0: Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Yes, that's that's actually, I think it. Just looking on Instagram, it had like a hundred and over one hundred and fifty thousand um, uses. And and we've only we're only like what three days out from the actual release. Yeah. You know, it's not super trending, but it's out there. A lot of people are using that hashtag. It's only gonna get louder, like you said. Yeah. When when people start hearing Zack Snyder saying, Yeah, I'll do it again, I'll do it again, and WB not saying anything and stuff like that, that's going to be come bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that's gonna be like hashtag release the Snyder cut.
2: Yeah. And let's just say Warner Brothers says, Yes, let's do it i mean that's that's a given it's it's already you're making the problem still even worse because then again you're enabling fans so there's plus that.
0: no cyborg
2: plus no plus no cyborg remember,
0: remember
1: he got fired he got fired
2: oh yeah wb so that's even worse then Better. you're gonna ask for oh bring cyborg back which i get it cyborg i mean i do want him back but as much as that's gonna happen we don't that know. WB needs to make that decision on their own. Yeah. That's up to them now.
0: And we still don't know whether Henry Cavill is coming back to reprise Superman. Yeah. We've heard that Ben Affleck has walked away from Batman. So I mean, you know, it it, it, it and they're making another movie called The Batman with uh Robert
1: Pattinson, which looks awesome by the way. Uh, yeah. I won't even lie.
0: But we're, we're we're getting into this weird place where now we're having two or three different Batmans. We don't even know if the original Batman from Snyder's verse is actually going to come back. We know that Cyborg, barring a miracle, will not come back to reprise his role. Um, I, it's it's just really weird how how messy the, the DCEU has become, it, especially in the last, really in the last year, right? It's gotten super, super messy. I mean... You know, we're, we're talking about a Flash movie that was originally intended to be a buddy movie with Cyborg when now it's totally becoming a Flashpoint, which both me and AJ agree, way too early to be dropping in, in the, the schedule for DC films. Yeah. You know? What? It, it's becoming DC, you know, with all the goodwill that they had with Wonder Woman and Shazam, uh, they're losing it very quickly because it's becoming pretty messy we don't know the direction that they're taking the dc films there's just you know they actually stopped trying to intercut everything and now they're just creating elseworld stories you know
2: there's there's just no direction at all right because you're you have the original josh whedon josh whedon universe it's hard to say josh whedon right i always say josh
0: too you know
2: right you have that original uh Version, But at that point, does it even do... Who's going to go watch... I mean, does do those movies even matter at this point? You have Aquaman and Wonder Woman, which now it's just either it's split into two paths or you have just Elseworld, which nobody's going to... At, at one point, they're just going to stop that original universe all in itself because obviously everybody's going to Zack Snyder's and then it's just going to become complete and utter chaos which is exactly why i thought the dcu wasn't gonna go well especially with the mcu right now because now they're comparing themselves to them and then they
0: always have i know yeah
1: from the jump
0: yeah i mean i mean again another another movie that probably should have taken place later in the dc schedule was bbs BVS, you should have had movies that introduced the characters before you throw them into a movie and expect them to fight and stuff like that. You needed to find out what their motivations were in this universe, what the the preconceived notions that they had, what prejudices that they had against each of the characters, to flesh it out much better in BVS. And BVS, the extended version, was a better movie than the theatrical, but again, I, I think it would have been best served if we had standalone movies before we actually got these guys together and stuff. And I mean,
2: I mean, then again, like this all traces back to the fans, all of it. So you're gonna enable them, and then they're gonna have the power to screw up. Now it's gonna be the Zack Snyder verse that they're gonna screw up
0: until they get they get um, angry at him and they're gonna call for his head once more call for you know uh, so it's we're in a really weird pace place never ending process now. um guys want to give final thoughts on on
1: this stuff uh well basically i'm just gonna echo what we've been saying uh while the snyder cut awesome <laughs> so to- to- totally awesome movie like the props really deserve to be handed to Zack snyder because it was a phenomenal job but at the same time, you also have to – as nice a gift as this was, you kind of do have to look it in the mouth this time because you're opening yourself up to like a whole new basically era of filmmaking where basically a director or a writer can go go make something and then maybe a month or two later the, the people who funded them be like – yeah, you know, so people didn't like your movie and your story, so we're just going to take your movie and your story from you and have someone else do it. Uh, And then, oh my gosh, you, you even have to consider like, how, how will these people get paid? <laughs> you well, know? They still like, have
0: to get paid. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Zack Snyder, even though he, the theatrical cut was not his, he still got credit for it. You know, well, and yes. those are those are SAG rules that, you know, um, and Directors Guild rules that they have to follow and stuff.
1: So, well, the point I'm trying to make here is like it's going to be really, really hard and really, really, in a sense, demoralizing to make movies these days. And That's plus, where it's headed.
0: You also have to look at it this way. Oh, um, budgets. Budget wise if you're you're taking a movie and you're spending 100 150 million 200 million dollars and then all of a sudden you're saying well you know what uh, we're having a problem with with this we're going to have to spend another 100 million dollars you know that that affects not only you know filmmakers but eventually it's going to trickle down to the fans because right now as it is you know at least in new york you can spend anywhere from 10 15 dollars a ticket all the way up to 30 30 dollars a ticket and stuff if you're going IMAX. It's becoming rather expensive to get to movie theaters. Where do you think that that the cost is going to is going to trickle down to? You know, eventually it's going to come down to the fans as well, and you know, New York City is an expensive place to live in as it is, but if you look at other places where their prices are are not comparable to New York, those things are going to go up, also. You know, there's going to be a trickle effect to all of this stuff. The more expensive things become, the more expensive things become. <laughs> it's basically what it is. So it it's it's really weird. Okay, um, Eli, your thoughts to wrap this up. Well,
2: Warner Brothers shot them in, themselves in the foot because if you really think about it, I mean, everything that's going on, fan, fans obviously don't think one movie is enough or one universe is enough so they're going to want more and as you said prices expense everything is going to be become expensive because warner brothers made this stupid as hell decision to do all this and now it's going to affect not just movie industry but probably even probably everything warner brothers is maybe going to lose its value i don't know yeah, i don't know how that stuff that works no
1: they they have a plethora works. of other properties to lean on. Yeah.
2: I don't I don't know how that stuff stuff works, but my point being is that they're screwing everything up. And when I mean everything, everything from here to the end of the freaking world.
0: All right. Like I said Eli has some very strong opinions on this. Me I'll say this, um the Snyder the Snyder cut is a fantastic piece. Of filmmaking I'm a big fan of Snyder um, myself uh, notwithstanding so maybe it colors my opinion a little bit but it it is as great as the movie is it's fascinating the argument that you can have behind the movie itself and I, I almost feel that that's a little bit more compelling than the actual movie itself Um, the question of why this was made and if it should have been made in the first place is going to be something that people are going to be talking about for a long time. And maybe this affects the film industry going forward. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the fans have a bigger say in the movies that are being made. Maybe it doesn't. But as of right now, it's, it's a very interesting discussion to have to think about what The Snyder Cut, um, what it does going forward, you know, not only for the DCEU, but for filmmaking in general. And and so, you know, this is a question that we're not going to answer right now, quite obviously, because like I said, we're only like a couple of days out of the release of the Snyder Cut. But it's going to be an interesting discussion to be had going forward in the next coming months and maybe even years as to the the reverberations of you know WB's decision to take an existing property made by another filmmaker and redoing it in its almost its entirety with the original creator, so um, that bears watching. That being said, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast this week. Um, I, I hope you guys got. A lot of good information out of this, and I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion that we had, um, especially surrounding the Snyder Cut and its effects going forward. And we hope that we see you again next week um, where we'll be talking about a a totally different topic. We still don't have an idea yet, but we'll come up with something. But in the interim, like I said, if you ever want to hear us talk about something, please reach out to us at our email address, the Crushed Gen Podcast at gmail.com. Um, if there's some really good ideas, we will absolutely entertain them. And at the very least, we may even read your email on air. So again, great way to reach us. You can also reach us on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter pages. And uh, that's all we'll that's all I'll say about about that right now. So once again, from all of us here, I'd like to thank you for joining us. I am Walt. AJ.
2: Eli. And may our paths cross again.
0: Boom. Oh. You did it this time. Finally. Yeah. That was flawless. It only took us 21, 20 some odd episodes to do it. But <laughs> we're on point. All right. Later, people.